Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a sustained weight loss and self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are now certified integrative nutrition health coaches, and together with our community, we are learning to live our best lives by telling one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. This episode is brought to you by Ned. If you've listened to this podcast, you know I struggle with anxiety that can often lead to disruption in my sleep. When I first learned about CBD being a natural and powerful solution to anxiety, sleep disorders, muscle pain, headaches, and so much more, I became very passionate about finding the best source to put in my body. Enter Ned. Ned is a wellness brand offering science-backed and nature-based solutions that offer holistic alternatives to prescription and over-the-counter medicine. They only grow the highest quality full-spectrum CBD extracted from organically grown hemp plants and sourced from an independent farm in Colorado. I love that I can trust their transparent sourcing and that they always offer the cleanest product. I have now been taking the Ned full-spectrum hemp oil 750 milligram tincture twice daily and have truly noticed a massive shift in my overall mood and anxiety levels. While I don't often struggle with anxiety, I regularly use and love Ned's natural cycle collections of salves, tinctures, and roll-ons to support hormone balance and ease period symptoms. These products source 100% organic and wild-crafted botanicals and are slow-crafted from seed to bottle by a group of extraordinary women. All Ned products are also non-psychotropic. If you want to check out Ned and try their CBD for yourself, we have a special offer for the Courageous Wellness audience. Go to www.helloned.com forward slash CW podcast. That is H E L L O N E D.com slash CW podcast to get 15% off your first order plus free shipping. Thank you, Ned. We know that you're going to love these products. So you can also find the direct link in our show notes. we have an exciting new discount for our listeners with Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic offers superfood coffee and elixirs to upgrade your daily routine. The powerful antioxidants, antiviral effects, and immune boosting properties of mushrooms transform your cup of joe from an energy boosting treat to a health enhancing choice. Along with mushroom coffee, Four Sigmatic also offers mushroom elixirs, mushroom hot cocos, and other shroom filled products. Erica uses the lion's mane in her morning superfood coffee, and even though I hate mushrooms, I absolutely love the products, especially the matcha latte powder, which contains myataki mushrooms and adaptogens. For 10% off Four Sigmatic products, visit foursigmatic.com and use the code COURAGEOUS at checkout, and there's also a direct link in our show notes. Welcome, everyone, um, to this month's solo episode for August. 
Um, today, Ali and I are going to answer some questions that were submitted by our listeners and um, some of our health coaching clients um, via Instagram and email. So let's just jump right in because we have, um, I think, five or six great questions that we are going to answer. So the yeah. first one, um, Ali, you can start off answering this one because I feel like you have been in such a good flow. Um, the question is, at-home workouts what do we love and how to motivate actually doing workouts at home? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it's something I've sort of taken time to, for myself to really get into a flow with. Um, to start off with the, what do we love? I've been doing a lot of um, fit for me by Courtney workouts. Uh, she's wonderful. We were on her podcast and she offers everything from five minutes arms and abs, quick workouts to 45 minute, um, yoga, Pilates, strengthening, sculpting bar kind of classes and everything in between. So from a 17 minute workout to a 35 minute one. And, um, so they're, they're kind of on the shorter side. Um, and that has really started to work for me because it feels like something mentally I can tackle. And, I need to be able to know that I can tackle it mentally in order to tackle it physically. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I would just speak to her is what I really like about her is that the, there's variety in what she offers. Um, and I personally have been really wanting to work on strengthening my core and like by core, I don't mean just literal core, but like, as my doctor said, she actually advised me of this, everything between my neck and my knees, because I was doing so much walking that it was really kind of getting tough on my joints. So she just wanted me to strengthen, um, which is like my body more. And yeah. so doing something like 17 minutes or 30 minutes in addition to walking or whatever that's strength-based has felt really effective. Um, as far as motivation goes, and you can speak to this more, you know, I think having within this time of COVID, really not having a ton of other options besides at-home workouts really got me, um, I guess, motivated in the sense that I didn't do it for a while. And then all of a sudden I was like, yeah, it's really time for me to want to strengthen my body again. I felt less strong and I felt, I didn't feel as good when I was not doing as much. So I started incorporating free yoga classes, um, like yoga with Adrian has a lot online and Ali Maz. Um, and I really, I just really started to enjoy it. It was like a little part of my day that I was able to carve out. So I think it took time. I had to get to the place where I wanted to do it. And it's not that I want to do it every day now, but, um, building a little routine with it, especially with ones that are easy to like 30 or 40 minutes and under for me is something that I really can stick to. Yeah. And I think that speaks to, I think for me, how I'm able to motivate is doing shorter workouts. Like I typically do 20 to 30 minute workouts, sometimes 15 minute workouts. And that helps because it's quick. And, yeah. um, you know, I was, I was a big class gal before, um, the pandemic hit. And, um, I love at home workouts so much now that even, you know, when, it may be a possibility to rejoin or go to classes. I think I'm primarily 
planning on just continuing my at-home workouts. And similarly, I love Fit For Me by Courtney. I do her 20-minute mat Pilates like a couple times a week. And, um, you know, she offers two weeks free trial as well, um, which is wonderful. Um, and then I think the platform is about $19.99 a month. And then Melissa Wood Health is another one I really love. Um, also low impact, you know, 10 to 45 minute workouts as well. And she also offers meditations on her platform that are really wonderful. And um, she offers seven day free trial and it's only $9.99 a month, which is like a really good deal for uh, a lot of content and wow. she releases a new video every Monday too. So, um, and both, you know, both fit for me and Melissa Wood health, you can use your own body weight. So, um, you know, I do have three pound weights. I do have one pound ankle weights now cause I'm really in the at home workout mode. But when I started, I just did everything with my own body weight, even if they used weights or, um, ankle weights, I wouldn't. <laughs> But yeah, and so yeah, for me, motivating, it really helps to do something that's only 20 minutes because I can get it done, scheduling it in the way you schedule in your Zooms for work or, you know, with friends. I, I typically know that if I don't do it by 10, 10.30 a.m., I'm probably not going to do it that day. And sometimes that's okay. But the biggest thing for me at home workout wise too is walking. And I think if you, it obviously depends on where you live, but I know Allie and I both like, we try to prioritize like an hour walk almost every single day. And it's so good for mental health. It's so good for physical health. And I think that's just really important is if you're having trouble motivating or finding at home workouts you like, you know, something I really had to do during this time was change what I thought working out was for. Like it doesn't have to be an hour of high intensity sweating, you know, et cetera, because that's how you think you're going to maintain your ideal weight or whatever, right? I think that's sometimes the the trap we can get into with exercise is I have to go hard to make up for what I'm eating or my body is going to change if I don't do something for an hour and break a sweat. And, you know, um, that's great if you love to do that, but we promise you, we promise you. And if you want to know more about this, you can reach out to us and we can work with you on it, but we promise you your body will not change for the worse and actually probably change for the better if you incorporate a 20 minute mat Pilates a few times a week and just walk every single day. It's going to make a difference. So that can also, I think, maybe help with the motivation is taking the stress off of like, I have to do an hour of like, yeah, something intense. <laughs> I don't think, and I think to look at exercise, like exercise is really important for physical health. And I would argue is equally important for mental health, but I don't think it should ever be looked at as punishment or, um, especially in the context of weight management, which is like sort of another topic, which is, I guess is only really relevant for some people who maybe that's an important part of your journey right now, but never looked at as, um, something, I guess, as a component of weight management. Yeah. I mean, not that it's not, I mean, yes, you're burning energy, you're using your energy, but I, I think oftentimes if we look at exercise in that way, it can become daunting and punishment. And that is not the point of it. It's the point, the reason we do it 
is to feel strong, is to create muscle mass for long-term longevity, long-term longevity. That's like redundant, but you know what I mean? For, for longevity. And, yeah. then, and then, yeah. And then also the mental release as well and the endorphins it, it creates. Yeah. And it's also helping me, especially Pilates um, and yoga has helped so much with my neck and my back pain, especially just doing cat cows. And like you said, strengthening my core. So it's about so much more than that. And again, I think that might be a question to ask yourself if you are having trouble motivating, why do you want to work out in the first place? Your why. Um, Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. You want to move on? Let's do our second question. Um, Okay. So one of the other questions we've gotten, how to deal with emotional eating right now? What are some better snack options since I am working from home and find myself snacking a lot? Okay. Um, I can start with the emotional eating component and, you know, I can touch on some snacks and we can go there too. And I'd love to hear your thoughts too, Allie, on emotional eating tips too. Um, but for me, you know, I am an emotional eater and I do emotionally eat and it's much better than it's ever been because I have the awareness of when I do it. And, um, Sometimes I'm able to choose to redirect and take a bath or go chant. Um, But sometimes I do choose to go to food and self-soothe in that way. So it's a journey. And, um, but I, I've realized throughout the pandemic, I have done it so much less than ever before, which is so interesting because I would have thought it'd be the opposite. And so some things I have noticed though, um, in order to prevent a emotional eating moment or a binge or X, Y, and Z, there are a couple things that I've realized. The first time I had an emotional eating moment recently, maybe last month, I realized when I was doing it, I was actually hungry, right? So it wasn't actually emotional. It was like, oh, I'm, I'm eating more than I normally do, but I'm actually hungry. So I was able to reflect on that and say, why am I hungry? And I realized I don't actually eat enough protein. And so um, I, I know Allie knows this because we're, we're good friends and we work together, but I like, I don't eat a lot of protein. I don't eat a lot of animal meat. It's just not something I enjoy. So that's, that's why it's not always on my plate. And so I realized that day specifically, I hadn't eaten any protein at all. And I was like, no wonder you're a hungry girl. So I added more protein into my meals moving forward from there. And um, even if it's, you know, not from, um, you know, if it's from yogurt or um, even some good culture, high quality cottage cheese, I was just making sure to get more protein in. And um, I realized that has helped um, my emotional eating as well. And then another instance that it happened, just recently for me, um, or it has not been happening, I should say, is I realized I wasn't eating enough satisfying meals during the day. So beyond just not having enough protein in my diet, I realized that sometimes I was rushing from Zoom meeting to Zoom meeting, and I hadn't planned my meals. Planning my meals was actually so important for me just to know what I'm eating for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And, or, you know, I think you can sometimes get trapped in, oh, I'm just going to have like a big salad, but then again, not eating enough with that big salad. So something that has really helped me too is making sure I'm eating enough 
and satisfying meals. So like that might be a gluten-free pasta for lunch with tons of veggies and a salad on the side, because that's going to fill me up and get me to dinner. Um, it, it, it doesn't necessarily, um, it's just making sure I'm eating enough and satisfying meals. And something I also really um, have been trying to do, which I also learned from our episode with uh, Sloan Elizabeth, who talked a lot about food freedom, was asking myself, what do I want to eat, right? Like, what am I actually in the mood for right now? Because a lot of people I work with who um, and have spoken to who really do struggle with binging and emotional eating a lot of times it does come from restricting during the day and then they get to later at night and they just, right. We want to satisfy ourselves. Like I get it. Like I'm, I'm there. So, you know, I think again, the, the big things for me is making sure I'm eating enough during the day, getting enough of all my macronutrients for me, protein is the one I struggle with the most for you. It could be, you're not getting enough fat or, um, you, you know, making sure you get enough, um, macronutrients in your meals and then making sure all your meals are satisfying and and what you want but yeah those are just some things that work for me and and then yeah I know Ali too I don't know if you can speak to this as well but you know um, anxiety and hormone management is mm -hmm. also something that's really important for me with emotional eating because I realized um, like yesterday for instance I am on my cycle or about to be on my cycle and I'm hungrier right mm -hmm. so that's not emotional eating. That's like a hormonal thing that my body, you know, needs more food in this moment or needs different types of food. And if I don't give it that because of my hormones, I'm naturally going to overeat or, um, same if I'm really anxious and stressed and I'm not taking care of myself, I'm going to go to food to self-soothe. So those are some things that, um, have been working for me and I hope help um, the listener who asked this question and any of our other listeners too. Yeah. And just to just, I'll just, I mean, I agree with you. I think really having satisfying meals is number one to try to curb snacking. Mm -hmm. um, if you're really hungry and snacking a lot, it's because your meals are not doing their job. And so whatever, you know, everything that you just said, I totally second. And then on top of that, speaking to, if you are a woman or a person with female biology and you are in your reproductive cycle year <laughs> years, um, what you speak to, and we'll do another, we'll do another episode on this at some point is, is really true that at different points in your cycle and your four phases of your site monthly cycle, you will have different, um, hunger levels and different, even caloric needs, um, and different sort of metabolic needs at throughout your different phases. And in fact, sometimes eating for those phases, um, whatever sort of week you're in within your cycle is important and can really maximize your energy level. So I'm going to put a pin in that. We'll do another episode on that at some point, but that's just something to consider too. So, you know, about snacks and having healthier snacks since we're all at home more. And I think a lot of people who are used to working in offices are now working at home. Yeah. Um, you know, Allie and I are both obviously really big proponents of eating real food, like making real food the majority of your meals and your snacks. So I think there's ways to do that. Like I love keeping avocados around. You know, we are in California, so we we have a lot of avocados that are really good year round. But sometimes I will honestly just take a spoon to half an avocado with some sea salt. Um, I do really love chomps, which are, you know, grass fed, grass finished um, beef 
sticks. And I think they also have turkey sticks that are really good. And um, I do really like brown rice cakes. You know, you can put some nut butter on them. Um, definitely look at the ingredients though, um, because not all rice cakes are made the same, but you can find really good brown rice cakes where the only ingredients are brown rice and maybe some sea salt if you can handle salt. Um, yeah, and sometimes I'll put avocado on top or things like that. Love some yeah. coconut yogurt. What about yeah, you? Yeah, I'm with you on those. We have some great snacks. Also, some of our favorites um, linked in our store on our website too. So if you want help finding them, you can just go to our site and it's easier click through to our, um, our Amazon store. And uh, yeah, I'm with you on all those. I mean, even with snacks, I try to make sure like if I'm going to snack, it means I am hungry or I need like some sort of bridge snack in the afternoon before dinner is going to happen. So, um, anything, right. That's not going to totally spike my blood sugar and then give me a big crash. So like you said, something with some healthy fats or nuts, I'm like a huge yeah. nut eater. Um, or like an apple is a great snack, especially yeah. if you're on the run. Um, it's full of like, water. There's so much hydration in it, a ton of fiber and, um, it will fill you up. And yes, there's, you know, it's like fruit sugar, but it's not going to spike, spike your blood sugar in the same way. Um, it's like a lower glycemic, um, spike. So it'll give you the energy, but not, it'll be a slower energy, um, from fruit sugar from that kind of fruit. So yeah, I think, um, those are, you know, those are great suggestions and just try to eat something that's real. Like we would yeah. if it's in a meal too. And if you, if you are somebody who wants to have a bar or like a protein bar, mm. you know, I, I, there's not one that I love the most that I, I would recommend or not recommend, but just look at ingredients and make sure you can read everything and pronounce them. And we're going to talk about sugar in a couple questions. So just look at the sugar content and um, all of that. But again, just stick with real food. Don't be afraid of fruit. If you want to have like a yogurt bowl with some blueberries and, you know, some purely Elizabeth granola, something like that, just think about how can I get some real food into this snack as opposed to, you know, a bag of chips or some candy. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Oh, so nice. I'm going to ask the next question, which okay. is still talking about food a little bit mm -hmm. um, or a lot of it. So this question is specific to breakfast and it's so cute. It says, ideal breakfast. I want fruit. My boyfriend wants eggs, which is better. I love that. <laughs> which is well, better. I'm going to say neither is better nor worse nor bad. Um, they both serve their purpose, but let's talk a little bit about what we want our meals to do for us. Um, and then we can sort of explore what might be the best option for you in the morning. Um, so we talk a little bit about blood sugar and something like fruit is obviously from nature. I'm not scared of it. I don't think anybody should be scared of it. Oftentimes fruits, like especially berries have a great, they're a great fiber source. Um, and you know, and you get some, some vitamins some micronutrients too. So Again, I'm not anti-fruit, but if you're only going to have fruit in the morning, what's very likely to happen is that you're going to have, you know, your serving of fruit or your piece of fruit or whatever it is, and you're most likely going to be hungry again in about an hour yeah. because it's going to, it's not going to um, sustain a long-term elevated or like I should say not spiked blood sugar and crash. It's going to be quick sugar. <laughs> 
for you, which will be quick energy for you in the morning. But then it's not going to, I'd be shocked if you feel satiated until lunchtime. That's not really going to happen just from eating fruit in the morning. Um, now there's also some fruits that if you're only going to eat fruit in the morning, I would recommend eating, uh, over other fruits because of their fiber content, because of things that will ultimately maybe like, for example, berries are great. Their lower glycemic apples are great because they're not going to spike. You're, they're not going to give you as quick of a spike as some other fruits. Um, that being said, I think there's a place for fruit if you enjoy it in the morning, but something like eggs will give you a good source of protein, will help that blood sugar stabilize for a longer period of time and also be more filling. Um, I personally like to combine Mm -hmm. something, uh, even protein, like pure protein, like eggs with a fat, because I know that that combination is going to even make me satiated longer. So if I, I would suggest maybe adding some avocado with your eggs and have a little cup of berries too. I mean, you can do all of it, but I would suggest sort of pairing additional macronutrients in order to create a breakfast that's more satiating so that you don't dip in your blood sugar and energy only an hour later. Um, so my suggestion would be, why don't you guys do both? Yeah. Have an egg and a cup of berries. Yeah. I love that. I, I have nothing more to add except exactly what you said. And I think too, if you just have eggs, you'll probably get hungry. Hungry. Yeah. Within the hour as well. Um, maybe, maybe an hour and a half, maybe it'll keep you a little longer. Um, I think research and studies also show that people who have protein in their breakfast are less likely to um, overeat throughout the day because they are more satisfied, right? Because protein is so satisfying. So yeah, exactly what Ali said, have both add some avocado, maybe even some sauteed spinach on the side, get in some greens. I try to get greens in at every meal if I can just yeah. to, you know, I'm not the biggest vegetable person, you guys, you know this. So I have to like get it in at every meal to make sure I'm getting enough. Um, okay. Do you want to go on to so, the next Yeah. Question? Let's, let's go ahead on to the next question. So let's talk a little bit about sugar content. The question mm-hmm. is sugar content. When I am eating packaged foods or drinks like kombucha, how much sugar is too much sugar? So That's- Erica, do you want to start with this one? Yeah, that's a really good question. Okay. So just a little bit of like basic, I guess science is the science or math, (laughs) science or math. Math is science. Math and (laughs) science. So just so you know, because I think knowledge is power, right? So four grams of sugar is equal to one teaspoon of sugar. So when you see, you know, 15 grams of sugar, you can think about how many teaspoons of sugar that is. And if you would add that many teaspoons of sugar to your coffee or to your cereal or to whatever it is you're eating, that's a choice you can make for yourself. But for me, since four grams of sugar is equal to one teaspoon, I personally wouldn't add more than two teaspoons of sugar to something I was eating, right? If it was a cereal or something packaged. So I try to aim for eight grams or less, usually if that's in a granola or a cereal or something like that, if that's the type of packaged food you're thinking about. Um, You know, but again, with this knowledge of four grams equals one teaspoon, you can be empowered to make your own choice. Um, Also for me, when it comes to kombucha, I I try not to stress over real food. And I know 
you know, like I'm not going to think about the sugar in an apple or in blueberries or in a banana. Like I will never, that is not important to me. Um, and I don't think that leads to health issues, right? A banana. But for me, kombucha as well, I don't think kombucha is the worst thing for us to have. Everybody is individual. So that might be different for you. For me, I don't stress over kombucha, but if we are going to talk about kombucha, right? Like for instance, GT's kombucha has about six to 12 grams of sugar per bottle. Um, different brands have different um, sugar content. So look at that. But GT's is about six to 12 grams per bottle. But when you compare that to like Coca-Cola that has 39 grams of sugar per 12 ounces, again, it, it's just all about what, where you're starting from. If you're somebody who does drink soda, switching to kombucha is the greatest start. You know, you're going from 39 grams of sugar to 12 grams of sugar, right? So, um, or again, going from a sugary cocktail to a hard kombucha could be another great swap. So again, it's just, you know, knowing what your goals are, knowing what your reactions are to sugar. We all react to it differently. Um, I personally, if I am going to have a kombucha, I only have one a day. Most of the time I have half of one a day. Um, but again, empower yourself with knowledge. How many teaspoons of sugar would you put into what you're eating? And I think you can decide from there. Um, but again, I personally don't stress over real food like bananas, apples, berries. Um, and again, I also don't stress if I'm going to eat a slice of cake, there's a lot of sugar in a slice of cake. So enjoy it, right? Like let's, let's eat that and have fun. But yes, um, if I am looking at like granola or a cereal or something like that, my personal is eight grams or less, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, I don't know, Allie, if you have anything. Like no, I'm that. kind of with you. I do. I just do glance at the sugar, especially anything packaged or processed. You just want to glance at the ingredients and, and sugar is one of the first things I glance at because there's oftentimes a ton of added sugar. And then we think like, oh, well, this isn't a sweet, so I'm not actually consuming sugar. But it's like, yeah, you are. It's just secret. And it's, you know, it's like insidious. It's there, but you don't know it's there. Um, but again, I am sort of with you. Like sugar is not the devil. Ultimately, it's just like how much we can consume and then what, um, what form is it in? And I think that's important. And listen, I agree. Like if you're going to have the cake, have the cake. If you're going to have a piece of cake every day, then we need to like maybe observe why. But yeah. like, if you're going to have like a wonderful baked good with real sugar in it, I would argue that's better than a lot of the fake processed stuff out yeah. there, which also adds a ton of like sneaky sugar into it. So, um, I think those, you know, yeah, if you if you are in that like eight to twelve gram kind of range, or if you get a, like a kombucha with twelve grams of sugar in it, but maybe you don't drink the whole thing in one fell swoop, that's fine. You know, it's just it's just sort of like a something to touch on so that there's an awareness of added sugar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's all. Education, awareness, and then you're empowered to make your own choices. And if you do decide you're going to go for you know the twelve grams of sugar in a kombucha you know, maybe you decide to go with, you know, just adding some chia seeds to your yogurt bowl instead of the granola, or, you know, it's just empowering you to make right. choices throughout the day because it, it all levels on. Right. So if at the end of the day, you've had like 20 teaspoons of sugar, that's yeah. very different than having four or five teaspoons of sugar. Exactly. I think that's a great way to look at it. Okay. I'm going to move on to the next question. Yes. So the next question is, um, how to set up a daily practice. 
I know that it is important, but it is hard for me to stick to something consistently. So you and I have touched on this before. We have a daily practice that's um, connected to our spiritual practice. So um, it's sort of pretty structured in that sense. It's very self, like it's self-led and self-motivated, but there is a structure that we follow with chanting twice a day. Um, But any kind of practice, whether it's, you know, making a change in how much you want to walk per day or integrating something that is daily um, does take a certain amount of, I'm going to use the word discipline. But Mm. I think the thing with this is that we oftentimes have judgment around our own willpower. Mm -hmm. And something that was really um, sort of empowering to me was to learn about the concept of self-betrayal and really where it comes from. And when I learned that self-betrayal is um, developed as a coping mechanism, typically as a child, um, it's, you can look at it in a way that you're like actually trying to do something to protect yourself when you engage in self-betrayal. So it's not something to like shame yourself over. It's just something to like become more aware of. And I think incorporating really small, almost seemingly insignificant things into an everyday like routine. So whether it's literally just like drinking a glass of water every day for 30 days, um, something really, really small that you know you can achieve I think it can really change your relationship what feel, with what feels like something that takes an enormous amount of discipline, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like I would say any kind of daily practice and routine takes time and it also takes, it does take a small commitment to yourself. It does take, you know, not engaging in the protection of a self-betrayal, but there's really small ways to start. And there are going to be days where you don't do it or fall off, even like chanting, which we've, you've been doing your whole life. I've been doing for close to six years. And it's like, I would lie. I mean, yes, I do it two times a day, every day, but like, I would lie if there'd be like, oh, even now still there's days like, oh, I missed my evening practice, right? My evening gongyo doesn't happen a lot because I really enjoy it and I really need it now. It's really something I rely on as self-care, as a part of my own self-care. But sometimes we're humans and we just like miss our thing, miss our daily practice. And to try to remove judgment around that because it doesn't mean you're a bad person if you miss something. It doesn't mean you can't do it tomorrow. To not let it derail what your ultimate desire for yourself is which is incorporating this daily practice, right? So that's sort of like my two cents on that. I I love that. And I think, you know, there's like a Buddhist concept called Honin Myo, and it means from this moment forward. So like you said, there's, you know, obviously you're asking this question because it's something you want to do, even if, you know, you aren't necessarily doing it, but every day right now, it's from this moment forward. So you don't have to think about, all the times before it's from this moment forward and exactly what Ali said I think setting up a daily practice especially if you don't have never had one is about starting so small because if you say I'm gonna you know exercise an hour every single day or I'm gonna meditate an hour every single day 
that's, that's from zero minutes to an hour is such a big jump, right? So why not say, I'm going to exercise 10 minutes a day. I'm going to try to exercise 10 minutes a day, five minutes a day, three minutes a day. I'm going to do jumping right. jacks for one minute a day right. for the next week. Um, what a great place to start. And like Ali said, if you ju did jumping jacks for 10 jumping jacks every day for a week, you can add on to that the next week. And then a daily practice begins or even meditation or journaling. You know, it, it's like, I'm going to do it for a minute, two minutes, three minutes, start so small and, and build up from there. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, the, Last question we got was so sweet, um, which was just how we are doing. So I thought that would be a good one to end on. Thank you for asking that question. Um, yeah, Allie, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to go into too much right now, but I'm dealing with a big sort of family health situation. And at some point, I'm sure we'll discuss it on the show, but in it right now. So not going to do that yet. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just learning uh, to really face life's obstacles. And all we have is the today. I think that's like been a big lesson that I've been learning too, is like really all we have is from this moment on, as you said, like and the present and what kind of choices and causes we want to make in our present because that's literally all that we have from this moment on. Mm -hmm. So um, that's been big. And um, another little concept that I've really thought about lately, and it kind of ties along, uh, ties into like everything we've been talking about. We can talk more about this another time, but um, even in the context of our coaching right now, I'm really articulating for myself the difference between self-medicating, self-soothing, and self-care. Mm. And what's really come to light for me is that self-soothing and self-care are not the same thing. Yeah. Often not the same thing. Sometimes they can overlap. And self-care often we find deep resistance to within ourselves, but sometimes it's pushing through that resistance that is actually the most caring decision for ourselves, And that's just something that like I've been ruminating on and um, I'd love to do an episode on again because I think it's a lot of, a lot of us have a hard time deciphering between the three. Yes. And yes. so I think that's just like, I'm putting that out there as a little seed. Maybe we'll do a topic on this next month. Um, but yeah, that's sort of what, like what I've been thinking about and how I'm doing and how about you? Yeah, I've been having a lot of like realizations um, as I've been chanting as part of my daily self-care. I think this really is tied into the last question, but um, I've been having a lot of realizations as I have been chanting and, you know, as part of really caring for myself. Our, our Buddhist practice really talks about that you wouldn't have been born, right, if you didn't have this mission to fulfill. And we all have different karma and different struggles and different, you know, life is not easy. I think Buddhism actually really teaches that like life is a struggle. It's just how you react and adapt to those struggles. Um, I think that determines your happiness, but the point of our Buddhist practice is also happiness. So I've been really um, kind of awakening to the fact that like, if I really have faith and believe in my life, um, that there's nothing to really begrudge or lament. 
And that's really new for me because I can be, I mean, I'm a really positive person. I would say I'm like a very positive person and optimistic and always been glass half full. Um, but, you know, sometimes I can just get really like, um, like begrudging, like, oh, like why this struggle? Why this struggle again or this situation? And lately I've been like, wow, there's actually like, if you truly believe in your life, which isn't easy, right? And for me, I need a tool to help me do that, which is my daily practice of chanting to bring out like my fundamental enlightenment. But if I really believe in my life, and believe in the lives of other people, which is also what our Buddhism teaches, that we all have this Buddha nature inside of us and everybody else has it too. Then there's actually nothing to begrudge, lament, or even be upset about. And so it's been really amazing because of course there are some like moments I don't feel it a hundred percent, but I feel it almost every day, like 80 to 90%. And it's changed the way I like live my life just in the last, um, gosh, I guess month, I feel like this really came to me about a month ago and I'm just not sweating the small stuff. Mm-hmm. Or if something goes like quote wrong, I actually believe it's leading me to what is really right. Um, and a yeah. lot's been going right because of that. Right. And it's not that like, it's just a mindset shift, like really yeah. deep. So again, like I hope that made sense, but it's something that is new for me and it's allowing me, you know, to, I think I'm doing pretty good. And, um, I think I'm like doing some deep human revolution that we call it in our Buddhism, but like really joyfully. And yeah, I'm doing a lot of reading. I think Mm -hmm. like as we wrap up, maybe we can share some books that we're reading and things that have been really inspiring us, um, to continue with, you know, I think we touched on it too in our um, white supremacy and wellness episode, uh, mm-hmm. or a couple solo episodes ago, um, continuing to doing anti-racism reading and work. And we're also, I'm very interested in like diving deeper into like fat phobia and diet culture. And so a book that really combined the two that, um, I think I have like 25 or 30 pages left, so I'm almost done with it, but I recommend it is it's called fearing the black body, the racial origins of fat phobia. And it's by Sabrina Strings and she's a professor. And so it's written almost like a textbook. So it's like, um, very easy. It's very deep and it's an in-depth book, but it's like easy to digest because it's, it's almost written like a textbook that you would get. Um, but it is so good and it is blowing my mind exactly on that. Like the racial origins of fat phobia, it's pretty powerful. So, um, Yes, I can talk about it more in depth later, but would definitely recommend it. And then, yeah, I've been reading some like memoirs. I read this, um, I'm reading this book called Picnic in Provence. Total opposite. But it's a a memoir with recipes. And it's actually the second I read, I found this book actually in a secondhand um, bookstore a couple years ago, and it was called Lunch in Paris. And it's also a memoir with recipes Mm -hmm. and I read it and I enjoyed it and it was really cute. And, um, yeah, in the, in the pandemic, I was like, I'm going to read the second one because I want to sit on my balcony and feel like I am in Provence. So those have been two books that I've really enjoyed. And then also um, I started watching Schitt's Creek, um, which is just amazing. I am going to be I so finished proud. it last night. Oh my God, I'm sorry. I can't even like contain myself. I finished the series last night and I sobbed. 
Oh my God. Okay. I'm on season four now. Literally, I, I probably started this like two weeks ago and I'm on season four. It's, it's the best show I have ever watched. Everyone needs to go watch it. It's just like happy content. It's so good. Yeah. I, it's like even too soon for me to talk about it because I just finally finished it. Yeah. But I am, oh my God, I'm on season four. Go watch it. If you need like a content upper happiness, start there. It's on Netflix. It's so good. It's really sweet. Um, yeah, that's great. Um, and what am I reading? I'm reading, I'm actually reading one of our Buddhism books right now. I'm kind of in it, deep in it, doing like a, almost like a Buddhist, uh, study, study group, group, study group for lack of book club, for lack of a better word, yeah, it's like a um, which is just, it's like a serialized novel. Um, and it's just full of such, it's called the new human revolution. There's 30 volumes. I'm on 18, but there's, um, so, so much just good, like practical life. Yes. It's Buddhist philosophy, but in a way that like is presented in just like real stories and real life situations and kind of guidance for just being a human. And then I'm also, I also just downloaded Alyssa Vitti's um, Woman Code, which is her first book. Um, And she also wrote, I think this new one is called In the Flow. So I'm going to finish the first one before I get her new one. But um, if you don't know who she is, she does a ton of work on um, female hormones and eating basically what we touched on earlier, but like eating to optimize your cycle. And, um, yeah, anyone who has a, has a cycle or is in a space of, uh, you know, menstrual cycle in that time of their life. Um, it's, it's really how to just sort of like eat to optimize and feel your best and balance your hormones. And I'm just so into that. So I'm really excited to read it. And until next time, <laughs> you guys can find us at, um, check out our new website, courageouswellness.net. You yes. can reach out to us. You can find podcast episodes. You can shop. You can um, check out our book, health coaching services. Yeah. Book our book health coaching. And keep sending us your questions because we'll do another one of the, these um, later in the year. And of course, subscribe, follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness. If you haven't, please write us a nice review. Give us um, a five-star rating. And yeah, we'll see you next week. Thank you guys for being here. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch through our website, www.courageouswellnesspodcast.com. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.